0: If you got your Bibles, go with me to the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Man, I thought I was headed somewhere else this week, and uh, God just keeps, uh, keeps speaking so in different places. So the book of Nehemiah, if you got your Bibles. So I want to talk this morning about rebuilding the wall. Rebuilding the wall. And, uh, and I believe God has something very wonderful to speak to all of you here this morning, myself included, that he wants to talk about and share with us this morning. So let me go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, let's go and uh, ask God to bless and speak to our hearts today. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God, for your word. We thank you, God, for uh, preparing our hearts for a year. God, to be on the right foundation, God, to understand the new covenant. And Lord, just how safe and strong and secure we are in your love. And God, just how wonderful your plan was before the ages for the foundation of the world, God, you had a plan. And God, we're so grateful. We saw it so beautifully, God. Immediately after the fall in Genesis 3, there you are. God, with, with uh, the, the, the first gospel preached there uh, already about, about redeeming the world and saving the world, God. And you put these wonderful covenants into place, God, leading up to the greatest of them all, the new covenant, and your Son coming. Lord, that new covenant gift given to us, uh, God, so beautifully. Lord, when he came into the world, when God became a man, Emmanuel, God with us. And Father, I feel like we've returned to the foundation, God. And Lord, everything we've tried to build our lives on, God, it it was crumbling and sinking sand. And you brought us back to a place where you want to build, God. You want to build your church the right way, God. And you want to build your people the right way. And God, you want to do it. God, beginning by grace through faith and then, God, by, by, by building it on the Word of God. Lord being uh, the, the wise man God he took this word into his heart and he, and he began to apply it to his life and began to live it and God Paul Paul laid a foundation and, and he began to write you put a pen in his hand and he began to be this master builder began to build the church and those letters are still what we're building the church with today God we build our lives on your word God and so Lord build our lives now on the word of God we want Want to return back to the place and the thing that can build us God and Lord when you return to begin to speak through prophets and other people the word of God Lord things changed and God it's as though we've we've come with a clarion call God to say begin to rebuild again but build the right way and father I believe you're doing that this year and God you're going to call us as a church and a people God now that our lives are being rebuilt on on what we're supposed to build them on God you're 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 working through us in the temple. God, the Holy Spirit is building this. You, 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 you led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. And God, now you're at work, God. The, the master builders at work inside of our lives, God, building strong marriages, strong children, strong lives, God, strong communities, God. We want to see things turned around through our lives and through the church of Jesus Christ. So start here, like Caleb said, let revival begin here and now, God. We need it desperately. Lord, and I believe you have something mighty to say to us today through the Word of God. So please, God, make people able to hear, able to hear what the Spirit is trying to say to us today, God. And Lord, let us not just be uh, uh, hearers like we read in the Word of God the other day in, in our Bible reading, God, where it just some falls. The enemy's in here. He want, He's wanting to distract. He's wanting people on cell phones. He's wanting a little noise to distract them, God. He, he's wanting the cares of this world. They came in here weighted down. They came in here discouraged. They came in here feeling hopeless. Anything he can, Lord, as the sower is sowing the seed, there's the enemy over here trying to take it out of their life. God, and so Lord, let some fall on good soil today and transform people's lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Rebuilding the wall. When you go to the Old Testament and you read, it's so important. This is why we spent a whole year trying to help you understand covenant, because when you go to the Old Testament and you begin to read, it's a different covenant there than what we are in now. I mean, it's purposeful. It's useful. We need it and we need that covenant that leads us to this covenant but 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 you must understand when you read your bible where you are and what where what what's happening and that covenant it, you know in that old covenant they, they were fighting battles where they literally killed people they were taking armies into land and really literally doing uh, killing people we don't we, we're not doing that they were stoning people there's things that they were doing there that that that, that, that we don't do uh, now we 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 don't we don't slay people. People, uh, with, with with we pray for people to be resurrected with life and power, and, and to be born again. Uh, they possess lands, folks. We're we want to possess men's hearts with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want this land to be possessed. They had eating prohibitions. There's all sorts of things there. They lived under Moses. We live under Christ. Amen. Amen. And, and, and so there's things there that we learned that, and so when we read the Old Testament it's important that you know these things so that yes it's 100% the Word of God you need the Old Testament read the Old Testament you need the New Testament it's all God's Word it's all equally important but you gotta you you need to know when you read the Old Testament that you want to go in and you want to ask how do I apply this to the New Covenant what, how does this apply and so we, as we go into the book of Nehemiah we're going to read a lot of names today and I want to say at the stage and I want us to ask ourselves how does this apply to us today? How does this apply to us as New Covenant Christians, as New Covenant believers? What can I take out of this and apply to my life spiritually that's going to help me? And so when we've been reading in the, and, and preaching this year in the Word of God we've been talking about Ezra and we've been talking about Nehemiah and we've been talking about the Babylonian captivity and we've been seeing how God's people the Jewish people were, we're, we're taken captive out of dis. to God they disobeyed God and because of that judgment came upon them and they were taken into captivity God used a nation he used Babylon to take them into a Babylonian captivity where they were taken for a number of years but the Bible but, but God had already predicted how many years they were going to be there in captivity he had already spoken through his word through Jeremiah through Isaiah through Daniel through other people he had already prophesied and already told beforehand I've got a king coming in some places even mentioned his name Cyrus I've got somebody coming and in 70 years when 70 years are completed and when your punishment is completed I'm going to change your lives I'm going to change your hearts and you're going to come out of this place and you're going to go back into the land and you're going to rebuild what they've destroyed you're going to rebuild these walls in Jerusalem that they conquered because when they went in when the Babylonians went in when Nebuchadnezzar went in they ransacked the temple they burned down the walls it's a mess man it's a total, absolute mess. And that's that's where they went to, the Jewish people. They took the people out of there, took them into captivity, scattered them into Babylon because we don't want to leave them there and be a strong people. We're going to take them and scatter them. So they took their good, strong people and strong men, men like Daniel, men like Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, these young people, these bright minds, and they took them and they scattered them and put them into the Babylonian empire. Young, gifted people and and, and and all old, young, all kinds of people, uh, the Jewish people, and scattered them across the province of Babylonian Empire, and 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 hardly anybody is left. In Jerusalem. Hardly anybody is left in the land at this time. And so here we go. It's a mess. The walls are down. And now we come to the end of 70 years of captivity, 70 years of being taken foreigners in this land, uh, raising up a new generation in that land that are, are, are growing up. They're building businesses, they're building houses in this land. And hardly anybody at this time, uh, you know, even knows much at all again about the old land or about Jerusalem or about what's even back there it's a mess, it's it's rubble it's just a mess back there here's our life now here in this place, we're raising families we got businesses, we got got things going on here well Cyrus comes after 70 years and he gives this decree that they can go back to the land I mean it's an absolute miracle that he goes and begins to tell them you can go back to the land and and, and who's going to go I mean, listen, if you were, if you were 90 years old uh, at this time, you were 20 when you got ripped out of the land. If you were 80 years old, you were 10 when you came out of that land. I mean, the other people, they, weren't even, they don't even remember. They weren't even there. They, don't, they were born in this new land. They, this is my home. This is where we have our home. This is where our businesses are. Who wants to go to a place of ruin and desolation? With enemies all around. I mean, who really wants to go back to that place? But guess what? 50,000 brave souls. Oh, I want you to hear something today. Fifty thousand brave souls decided, under the command of Ezra, we will go back and we will build what God has purposed to build. We will we will go in God's plan. We don't we're we're not going to worry about our own plan, our own houses, our own business. This is what God wants. This is God's plan. This is God's way. And so we're going to go back and we're going to rebuild things that have been broken down that God wants to see restored and mended. And so rebuilding is hard. It's hard. Rebuilding is absolutely hard. Look, it's probably, I've heard pastors, my favorite pastors all live in New York uh, for some reason, and, they, and they've and they bought these beautiful theaters, and they bought these theaters that are that were absolutely g- gorgeous in the day. But one particular man that I listen to often, he said when they bought this theater that God told them to buy, the, the, this place was dilapidated. It was horrible because the builders had let roof leak and all kinds of things because they thought that, that developers were going to come, in and buy the whole block, so they just let things go. Plaster's coming down, all this. You know, he said, All of his pastor friends, he would hear things we bought 20 acres out here and wherever, and, and we're building up a building from scratch. I mean, that he's, he's like, I would love to do that, that's easy, but I got to come into this very small place and try to put a church and fit a church inside of this and rebuild it. I mean, they had to hire people when there's plaster, a big old hole in the ceiling, and, and it's ornate and it's beautiful. They had to get people to come in. and it cost tons of money to come in and draw and trace other parts of the ceiling and then come out to figure out how to rebuild and plaster that to match the rest of the things. Maybe people like like Raymond, who's done that type of work, could understand that. But it's it's easier to build something from the scratch and ground up than to go in and to rebuild. A lot of people, like plumbers in here or plumber, they would rather go into a new plum job than they would to go into some old house that's being renovated and rebuilt because it's nasty and you're going to run into all kinds of problems. But building it up from scratch, just go put the new stuff and you're done. You don't run into any problems. So rebuilding is hard. And that's what these 50,000 people are taxed to do. We're not just going back. We're going back to rubble and we've got to rebuild something. we got to rebuild the walls. we got to go back and rebuild the temple on this foundation. And so... It's difficult to rebuild broken things. And so they go back and they start building. But guess what? Hey, the enemy's just not going to look at you, brother Mark, and just say, oh, good. Come on back in. We tore it to pieces. We burned it down. We don't want you in this place. But you know what? We changed our mind. It's been 70 years. Come on in and do the work of God in here. Build back your temple. Teach the people the right way. We're not going to bother you anymore. No, that's not what they said. Immediately they go back and immediately they face opposition from the people in the land immediately people are writing letters immediately people are trying to start the work of stop the work of God I got news for you when you start setting yourselves to do something from God you are going to face opposition immediately <clears throat> And so Samaritans and different Arab groups are hassling them and attacking them and all of a sudden, we see Ezra takes these fifty thousand people in. He they go in, and we we've heard the stories the last few weeks about how they 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 swept the temple, the you know they, they they put the altar in place, and then they get the foundation back right, and, and and there, and all of a sudden, they're going to try to build a temple. But in the midst of trying to build a temple, they get preoccupied. The emotion wears off. They start building their own lives. They start doing their own things. They leave the house of God undone developed, unruined. Well, now we come to the days of Nehemiah. We come to the days of Nehemiah. And I would encourage you to go read Ezra. Read Nehemiah. Read Haggai. Read Zechariah. You need to be reading these things right now. I don't know why God's got me here, but He's got me here. And I can't get away from it. And here, Nehemiah all of a sudden is an official in the Persian Empire. He's still back there. He's he's still back there, uh, but he's Jewish. And he's still in the land while Ezra's gone ahead and all of a sudden Nehemiah is back here and some of the people began to come back after years and years and years of those 50,000 going on into the land to start building the temple, to start laying the foundation, laying the altar. And he wants to know, give me a report. How are things going? And all of a sudden, the guy comes back to him and the report comes, it's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. The walls... Nehemiah, the walls are down. Nehemiah, it's a mess. The enemy has breached the gap. He's in there, man. He's everywhere. The enemy is everywhere. The walls are down. There's holes in the wall. I mean, the plaster's broke down. It's it's bad, Nehemiah. Nehemiah begins to just get downcast like I wish we would get. He gets so downcast. He just gets, he, he begins to weep. He begins to fast. He begins to pray. He, the, the king, King Artaxerxes, sees him and, 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 and it's just like, what's going on, man? Why are you so down? And I mean, it's really a danger to come into the king. He's the cupbearer, and to come into the king, you better be happy. You make the king happy. You don't make the king sad. But somehow the king notices him and takes notice and wants to know why so downcast? Why are you so depressed? What's going on, Nehemiah? Oh, you want to know what's going on? My people, that's what's going on. My my, The town, the place, the, the jewel of the world for my God is in ruins. The walls are down. The city is burned. The temple is not built. You want to know what's going on? That's why I'm sad. The people of God are in exile. They're a mess. They're scattered here and there. They're not doing the work of God. It's broken down walls and broken down lives. The enemy has come in and breached the gap. The marriages are a wreck. The homes are a wreck. Their mental state is a wreck. Everything's a wreck. And the king says, What you gonna do about it? He says, I need some help then. I need some certificates. Because I'm gonna need some wood and I'm gonna need some plaster. And I'm gonna need some. I'm gonna need some stuff. So, are you willing to write the check? Are you willing to? Yeah, I'm willing to write the check. King, how long are you gonna be gone? A little while. And then I want you to come back. All right, all right. But let me go and do this. I've got to do this. And so the Bible says that Nehemiah went on this journey. He went on this journey and he heads 900 miles to Jerusalem. That's about how far it was from Persia. It took about three months to get there. And he's headed back to a mess. A mess. A broken down mess that God has sent him to rebuild. And now he gets there and there's rubble everywhere. He gets on his donkey. I don't know why he went at night. Maybe the end of, I don't know what the deal with. Maybe he just arrived there and it was dark. And he just had to see. I don't know. Uh, maybe Daniel knows. Maybe some of the Bible nerds know. I don't know. But I'm reading it. He goes out at night on this donkey for some reason and he begins to, to to inspect the walls. But he has to get off the donkey because, I mean, it's so bad. He tries to go up this place. There's rubble everywhere. He can't even get through, Caleb. He's got to get off the donkey. He's got to get off. He's got to walk and inspect the ma- it's a mess and that brings me to the and so the people the people that go with him are around him what are we going to do he says I'll tell you what we're going to do and I'm just bold enough to say this is what we're going to do and I don't know who's going to go with us but he says we're going to rebuild the walls we're going to rebuild the walls And that brings me to the text today. And and I had to set that groundwork. If you got your Bibles, Nehemiah 3. And I want you to notice the details. God's Word is so good. If you're not reading God's Word, you need to be reading God's Word. If you've read it and say, I've already done that, been there, read it again and again and again. This is how the city wall was rebuilt. The high priest Eliashib, I'll butcher these names, and his fellow priests rebuilt the sheep gate, dedicated it and put the gates in place. They dedicated the wall as far as the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hanel. We're building this year. You want to know how we're going to build? This is how we're building. Go to the next one. The men of Jericho built the next section. Zakur, son of Emory, built the next section. I hope you're noticing something. It ain't Brad Lindsay building the sections by himself. It ain't Jim Simla building the sections by himself. It is not the preacher down at Sharon Heights. It's not the Sunday school teacher. It's not the praise team leader building the wall by theirself. The clan of the Hassaneah, the clan of the Dodds, built the fish gate. They put the beams and the gates in place and put the bolts and the bar of locking of the gates. Go ahead. Merimoth, the turners, the son of Uriah and the grandson of Hedazak, built the next section. Meshulam, the son and the grandson, you know, the deans, they, you know they, the, the, the grandson of Meshulam, whoever, built the next section. Zadok, the son of Benaiah, built the next section. Do I have another one? I stopped there. You could go on and on for 30 something verses and read of all the people who built the wall of Jerusalem. What is that telling me? God's saying I want the names of everybody who's building in my book. I want to honor them. I want to give honor due where honor is due, put their name in the book. The ones who are, who, the ones willing to go back the ones willing to do my work the ones willing to do my plan you put their name in there I got a purpose for it I want you to write it down and God says put their name everyone who rebuilds this is God's project and it's important and God says I want their names written in scripture because this is my project I want the walls rebuilt and and and, and if and if and whoever's doing the work I want them to do because what good is it for God to give the emperor the the or God to tell the emperor, give him the tools, give him the materials, give him the blank check. And what good is it for Nehemiah to go back and to cry around the walls and see him down and he has everything to rebuild him, but you won't go and help rebuild? Amen. Wake up, church! Wake up, church! If nobody does the work, The walls aren't coming up. God's not using angels to go back and send the walls and say, let the angels build it. God's not saying I could speak the word like I did in the garden and just make it happen. God is saying I need you. It's going to be the Turner clan. It's going to be the Dodd clan. It's going to be the the Baldwin clan. It's going to be the Lindsay clan. It's going to be the Golson clan. It's going to be the Minyard clan. I need all of you. And those who are willing to rebuild, put their name in the Bible. I can't wait till we get to heaven because just maybe those who decided to build the church of Jesus Christ, maybe God's got our names written in heaven. These are the ones Who would do my work? These are the ones who would do the project that I called them to do. These are the ones. Put their name in the book. They got involved in my project. It was a, here, notice number one it's a joint project, it's not an individual project. It's not, I'll do church at my house by myself. I just don't like people. It's not we pay the pastor to do that. It's a joint work. And everybody was needed to build the whole wall. This guy built from that section to that section. The next family built from that section to that section. The next family built from that section to that section. Until they got around the whole city and all the wall was built. Starting points and ending points. Hey, you, Daniel, you start at the cheap gate and you go all the way around to whatever the fish gate and then Raymond's going to pick it up. And he's going to go all the way around to the other gate, and then this family's going to pick it up, or that person's going to pick it up. And no one person built the whole wall. How does that apply to us in the New Testament? That's what we said. We go into the Old Testament, we ask, what has this got to do with us? A bunch of names, a bunch of people building the wall. What does that have to do in the New Testament? Well, let me tell you this in the New Testament, buildings have no importance. Aren't you glad? Because God dwells in Christians now. God dwells in this building. And so you are the temple of God. And so we don't go to the manger. Thank God he didn't put in there, go back to the manger and woo, worship in all oh, the upper room, the upper room. We don't ever see the worship upper room again. We don't ever see the manger again. We don't travel to those places and worship with shrines in those places. That's why, well, some of those we do, but... We shouldn't, but 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 those places we never see them mentioned in Scripture again. There are no sacred buildings. We don't have sacred churches that we need to go look at and ooh and ah over that. We don't have. There's no sacred mountain. We don't go like on the mountain with Moses again and say, "Whoa, God only dwells on this mountain." No, there's coming a day when you'll no longer say on this mountain or that mountain. But in that day, you will worship me what in spirit and in truth. And God has a far more important building project than He did Jerusalem. And then He did the walls of Jerusalem. And then He did the temple in that day. He has something far more in the New Testament that He's building. Jesus is building His church. Jesus is building His church. Jesus is building, y'all don't look too excited, He's building His church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against that church. Look, Jerusalem, guess what? Peter said this very present earth is reserved for fire. You know what that tells me? Present day Jerusalem, burned and re-renovated. Sacred mountains burned and re-renovated. Upper rooms burned and re-renovated. The whole earth is going to be burned and re-renovated. Whatever. But But the church. The church. The church. He is building His church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The only problem is that like the building that they came back to. There needs to be building and there needs to be rebuilding. That needs to go on in the church today and in the church of Jesus Christ. And folks, He is building His church. But the question is, who is going to do the work? Who's going to do the work? Who's going to do the work, folks? He doesn't speak it into existence. He doesn't use angels. He uses regular folks like you and me to build something that's going to last forever. Forever. You are the holy temple and the holy building of God. So we are the temple and God is building His church in China, in Africa, in California, in New York, in Alabama, in Brookside. And folks, if you think Ezra and Nehemiah's enemies were tough, just wait till you get involved in the work of Christ and try to build the church of Jesus Christ. You wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. So folks, when you put your shoulder to the wheel and began to grind and begin to do something for the Lord and build His church, just know that folks, the devil is going to come immediately after us. Amen? But the New Testament application is this in 1 Corinthians. Therefore, my dear brothers, Paul writes, and sisters, stand firm, big whoop. Big whoop if the devil's coming. Christ defeated him. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Amen. Oh. No, I'm not cutting you one bit of slack today. Because no. I've done that for 20 years. I've let you do spectator Christianity. Come in here and look at a stage and leave and come back next Sunday and look at a stage again. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know not that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always give yourself fully. No, this is what we're doing in 2022. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. You. You, church of Jesus Christ. You who call yourself believers, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Well, how does Jesus build his church? We said the gates of hell won't prevail against it, but he also says, my fields are empty. The harvest is ripe. The harvest is plentiful. Why are my fields empty? Where are my workers? The laborers are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest that he'll send somebody. This is my project. This is my plan. Oh, you're in your paneled houses doing your projects and your plans. You want to stay in comfort and ease back in that land you were in. I'm calling you out of there and I'm calling you to build not walls, to build my church in the earth. Amen? Amen. Who will share the gospel? Who will pray with the person that needs prayer? Who will counsel them through their problem? Who will travel like a mother, travail like a mother giving birth until they work through enemy attacks with people? Who will give the money to send and finance missionaries? Who will pay for the overhead of buildings and work to be done? Who will sing? Who will work? Who will go to the prisons? Who will go to the shelters? Who will work with the children? We can't beg a worker for our children here. Oh, I've done my time. Let the young people do it. Hogwash! Everybody had a part in that. Well, I'm too young. No! You're not too young. Get involved in the work of the Lord. Amen? Oh, I like it anyway. The American concept of church is you are spectators and the action's all up here. That's what we turn church into. Pastor Brad builds the church. Pastor Daniel builds the church. Pastor Caleb builds the church. Our Sunday school teachers build the church. What are you doing for the Lord? What are you doing for the Lord? Oh, I go to church. That's not Christianity. That's not. We we, we pay the preachers. Yeah, you pay them to put on a show just to come and be a spectator of a show and a performance that's not christianity that's not what god called us to do folks we 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 uh, well i've done my time no your time's not done till you draw your last breath You can rock a baby in the nursery. You can visit an older person in the the nursing home. You can bake a cake and take it next door. You can share the gospel with a neighbor. You can do FaceTime with your grandchild and make sure they learn the Word of God. Rebuilding is hard. It's hard. They they were going back. They weren't picking up pebbles. They were lugging big stones. They were, they were putting plaster on the walls. They were they were they were they were doing all this and God said I want their name in the Bible. God said, I want them honored. I want I want their name out there. I want to I want to do it, we, folks. We, he doesn't want build. Hey, he doesn't want spectators. He wants builders, and that's what he said. These are builders. I want their name in there. And most of us grow up in American Christianity. I did it too as a spectator. That's what we do. That's what we just sit and watch the stage, and then we come back and do it again next week, and then we come back and do it again next week. But we never enter into the work of the Lord ourselves. Who's going to pray? Who's going to share Jesus? Who's going to convince our youth to quit going the way of the world and come to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? My wife is having to teach the youth. We can't find people that want to teach and do the work of Jesus Christ. It's not a light thing not to do the work of Christ. It's not a light thing not to do the work of Christ. Look at verse 5 in Nehemiah. The men of Tekoa built the next section but the big shots. The leading men of the town refused. Oh, I don't want just the people that need the honor to be put up there. I want the people who aren't working to put up there. What if we get to heaven and there's a wall of the people who refused to do the projects and the work of God? Then the men of Katoa, it's in your Bible. All oh, those genealogies and names you always skip that we don't think they have any importance. There's some importance there. The men of Tekoa built the next section, but the leading men of the town refused to do the manual labor. Oh, we're too good for that. Pastor, you're asking me to you're asking me to go to the shelter? No. No. No, we I I, I don't do that kind of thing. I wasn't raised like that. No, I, I don't I don't think so. The leading man of the town refused to do the manual labor assigned to them by the supervisors. Yeah, we're big stuff. No, I'm not giving a ride to somebody. They don't appreciate it anyway. They thought they were big stuff, I guess. That's what I'm reading into here. They wouldn't do the manual labor. And, and, and again, who's going to tell people about Jesus? Oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be laughed at. Uh, you know, and, and and the leading men of Tekoa were too high and mighty And God says, all right, I want to mention too. I want to mention. I want to mention in the Word of God. And so Jesus spilled his guts for us as Christians. And he built our lives. And we won't build his church. We won't build his church. Uh, You know, uh, there are people listening to me right here. You've been in this church 20 years. You've been, in, you've been in Christianity for a long time. You've been in here 10 years, 5 years. You've never put your shoulder once to the wheel. You've never put your shoulder once to the things of God, to the work of God. And I, and I take responsibility for that. And I'm sorry because I haven't led people there. And I haven't given opportunity, but in 2022, Lord willing, we're gonna we're gonna move in a new direction, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna quick lick in our wounds. Brad Lindsay licked his wounds for far too long and laid in self pity and my despair and my my bad feelings and all of that, and and I and I wanted to protect people, and and so I would just do a lot of it, but but that's not what I've I've sinned and done wrong in that. We're gonna move in the way that God says to build, and we're gonna. move Forward, And that's all of us building a section of the wall. All of us doing the work of the Lord. All of us building this kingdom of God for Jesus Christ. At least those who will go on the journey with us. Amen? Amen. And then the last part of that. Said they didn't want to work because they didn't want to listen to their supervisors. And that's why a lot of the churches can't be built either. Is because you ain't gonna tell me what to do. I move as I'm led by the Spirit. If you ran a business that way, or you ran a family that way, it'd be total chaos. You know, the coach, uh, you know, at, at Alabama, calls down and says, "Man, we're 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 in the we're in the red zone." And I need you all to listen, offense. I need you to listen. We're going to run a play. We're going to run the play. And we're going to give the ball to the the fullback. And he's going to run it into the end zone. And we're going to score. And two of the guys on the offense says, I'm not really feeling that, coach. I ain't doing that. And that's what these men did. And that's why there's chaos in our churches and confusion and broken down walls and broken down lives and all kinds of stuff. Because it says there were certain people here that were kind of high and mighty. They, 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 would, they refused to do the manual labor, and they also refused to do what was being asked of them by the leaders and by the supervisors. Not that those people wanted to lord over them, but we gotta have, we gotta have order. Folks, you gotta have order in your house. The kids don't run the household, the the the, the patients don't run the asylum. They're has to be some order in our lives. There has to be some direction. There has to be some structure. God built it in this way and we see right here the depth of the problems that are going. The depth of the problems that we have folks in this world. If somebody gets saved today. If somebody the, the, the pastor I was speaking of earlier that I listened to so much. They had a person that was a cross dresser came in and in their th- into their church and guess what? He came in and he wanted to use the women's bathroom but he was a man. And so all of a sudden the ushers and the people had to tell him "You are he wanted to go in the women's. They said you can't go in the women's bathroom. They put him into the men's bathroom. And all of a sudden all the men that are in the women's bathroom see somebody in a dress and they run out the doors in that. What are we going to do? We we, So later this pastor said I want to meet this guy. I want to meet this guy who's been coming to a church. They made accommodations. They made a way for this man. They loved on this man. And they preached the gospel to this man. And one finally this man gets invited into the pastor's office and he tells tell me a little bit about yourself and he said i was nine years old and i got raped by multiple family members oh we can save them who's going to stick around and clean that up for years who's going to nurture that guy who's going to teach that guy who's going to help that guy understand the word that ain't going to happen in just a few seconds The pastors are having to move on to the next emergency. And I have a job that I have to work every week. And I have children. And I have a family as well. Who's going to help with that guy? Who's going to help with the people we catch and bring in here and disciple? The whole body is needed now. We need you. Even if people receive Jesus, somebody's got to walk with them. Somebody's got to go meet them at Starbucks and spend time with them. Somebody's got to open their home to them and break this Bible open with them. Somebody's got to call them. Jeremy, we just spent an hour in my my office because he needs somebody. I don't think he'll mind me telling you that. He just said, I need people in here. I'm bored right now. God's telling me to get off the trash on television. God's telling me, to get... there's nothing I can do. My flesh is screaming out. The, 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 what can you do? There's no television shows you can watch. There's no. He said, I've cut off all the music that's ungodly. There's nothing I can listen to. I'm listening to Christian music. But I've got a lot of free time on my hand. He's in that office saying, what do I do? He's saying, I want to get involved in the work of the Lord. I'm new in this thing. God's just changed my life. What do I do? He needs you. He needs your phone number. He needs to be able to call you. He's asking me questions out of the Bible. Is this what the Bible says? Yes, maybe yes. We'll look it up. We'll help you. He needs your number. He needs your number. He needs your number. He needs you to spend some time with him. Spend years in alcohol. God's delivered him. I see it. I see it. I saw the light in his eyes. I'm listening to a man that's talking like he didn't talk a few months ago. Sober. Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. I didn't give you verse 8. Man. It's in there, I promise. Listen, let me read you verse 8. It's amazing when you give yourself to God. What God can do with a little guy from Hueytown. Or a little guy that, used to, guy that came out of prison. It's amazing. A little Jewish girl. Grew up in legalism and law. It's amazing what God can do. And listen to what happens. Listen to what happens in verse 8. Uzziah, son of Harhiah, a goldsmith, built the next section. Hananiah, a perfume maker, built the next section as far as the broad wall. Dude who makes perfume has got his hands dirty in the mortar and is building the wall. Fixing the wall. I don't care what your background is. He'll have you doing things you could never do. This heating unit didn't come on this morning. Two weeks in a a week, skip a week. Guess what Brad Lindsay's doing? I'm not a fixer. I'm down here this morning in my suit tearing a, a unit down, taking wire and pushing it in there to get this unit to come on. That's what I'm, and there it goes. God will do things and He will place you in His church and it's not Brad Lindsay works for an insurance company. Brad Lindsay preaches sermons. Brad Lindsay doesn't get his hands dirty on greasy cars. Yes you do if that's what God says to do to build up the work of the church. That's what I am to make money so I can feed my family and pay my bills. But God will call you to do all kinds of things when you respond to the call of God. You may put a weed eater in your hands and you may say but I, oh no I'm one of the high nobleman, I don't do weed eaters. Oh yes, if God puts a weed eater in your hand, you do weed eaters. If God puts a wrench in your hand, you do wrenches. If God puts a broom in your hand, you do brooms. If God tells you to hold a puke bucket for somebody who's coming off drugs, you hold a puke bucket. That's not in my resume. That's not who I am. No, your job is not who you are. That's something you do. Anybody can do that. Anybody can be a lawyer. Anybody can be a doctor. Anybody can work for an insurance company. Unbelievers can do that Too, but what God is building and God's project and what God calls us to do. Sometimes He takes us out from behind here and we do that, but we also do other things that we don't want to do. You just say, Lord, here I am, I'm available. I'm available. I'm one of the 50,000 willing to go. I'm willing to rebuild. I'm willing to build your project. I'm willing to do your work. I'm willing to go. Uh, that, that's what you do for a living. But this is God's work. We will fix the wall. We will fix the church. We will build the church. And that's what we begin to come together and we begin to say, amen? Amen. And as I said, some of you have gone for decades and given so little to the cause of Christ. What kind of Christianity is that? You know why the Christianity, and I'm about to close. You know why Christianity grew in the first century? Because there was no division of labor. Do you understand that? Everybody did the work. Go read the book of Acts. Everybody. Everybody. The apostles. The prophets. The, 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 the little Stephen, who I'm just a layman. Philip. Philip. The evangelist, everybody's doing the work. Mary, Mary, all the Marys, Martha, I mean, they're all doing the work of God. And if Jesus is for real, then let's work in 2022. And if you don't want to work, then why are you going to church? They fought through all kinds of attacks. They built the wall, I think in 52 days. Unbelievable. 52 days with God's miraculous help. And here's what Jesus, we hope, says to us in the latter days of our life. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Do you know what servants do? They work. They work for their master. Well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. And what did he say to the others? Depart from me. I never knew you. In other words, I never got possession enough of your life that you would give your life back to me. Brookside Church of God, will you give your life to him? To the work of God? Not Not the Lindsay family work? Not Brad Lindsay's little kingdom work? Will you give your life to the work of God? I'm not even talking about Brookside Church of God. I'm talking about the work of God. Amen. Talk about the work of God. Will you give your and many of and, and most of you are? I don't want you to all think I'm talking down to you. I'm talking to myself too. To the work of God this year. Uh, 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 that, that He would possess our lives. As I said, the work is hard. It's much easier to build than to rebuild. But God is rebuilding people. And he wants to rebuild people through this church. And he has rebuilt people through this church because there are people who are so broken now that big chunks, like that plaster on the ceiling, big chunks of their life have been have, been, have fallen and, been, and, and just been messed up like my life was in 1994. And I'm so grateful that somebody, my mind messed up, my heart messed up, my spirit messed up. And I'm so glad that somebody was willing to do, go into the work of the Lord and to carry the news to bring the plaster and to build my life up to, 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 to take the holes where the enemy was coming into my life and to, to, and, uh, and to take the careful time and to, and to make bre- uh, bring me to Christ and make me whole again that Christ would build my life and fix my life and I'm happy because with that because Jesus fixed my life when I was broken and I'm glad he's bringing broken people into this place as well but wouldn't it be terrible to have our our lives fixed like that and by somebody that we can name whether it was a Sunday school teacher whether it was a children's church worker whether it was a youth worker or whether it's just some believer like Jeremy that came along and shared his story with you and you gave your life to he said let me let me pray with you and lead you to Jesus and you came to Jesus and you said thanks I'm saved now but I'm not going to help anybody else find what I found. Someone helped bring us here. And now it's time to return the favor. Somebody fixed your broken life. And now it's time to return the favor. If you want to give Jesus a gift in 2022, give him some people. Share Christ with somebody. Invite somebody to church. Do the work of the Lord. Love them. Care for them. Step out in faith. Listen. The miracles don't happen when we come in here and we all just say, "Give me more of you, Jesus. Give me more of you. Jesus. Give me more of Jesus. Give me more of you." No. Let me tell you when it happens. It happens when you step out and actually do the work of the Lord. The miracles are there. The most miracles in my life has been when I didn't know. When we're riding in a car to go to the next event in Moldova, and I'm scared to death, and I don't even have a message, but they look at me and say, "You're preaching tonight," and all of a sudden you're just terrified. Or we're going to hand somebody in a house that I that that is so poor, and I'm thinking I've got so much. And we go in there, and what do we do? What do we? What do we? How do we help these people? And we just love them, and we cry with them, and we pray with them, and we bring them hope, and 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 it's and, and miracles start happen, man. Miracles start happen. We've seen. Listen, a guy with cataracts, man. I know you're thinking the next thing I'm gonna say. We prayed for him, and his day, and, and the cataracts fell off, and the guy, no. But I'll tell you what did happen. One of the guys in the group got the burden to pay for his cataract surgery and guess what I saw that man with blinded eyes and he and then uh, and then the next time I saw him he can see he can see by a miracle of God because somebody decided to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus and build the church of Jesus Christ across the world amen so say yes today I want to be a builder and not a spectator listen I want to share this in closing my wife, one of the most godly women I know in the world, I, I get jealous of her, her relationship with God sometimes. Y'all think she's been taking a sabbatical, which she has. She's also been being my little circuit rider every Sunday, riding like Nehemiah, inspecting the walls. And it doesn't look too good out there. She's been to almost every denomination, visiting another one, including the ones that we're in. And the condition of the walls and the condition of the church is very sad, to be honest with you. In America, at least. I mean, empty pews, people scared from COVID, churches that haven't reopened. Death, dead inside. No worship, no life. Pastors quitting, one of the places pastors leaving in a few weeks. Some good things, some good, good as well. But I think it's time to build the church. I think it's time. I think Americans, we've created this thing, like I said, where a few people have done the work and we've let a lot of people spectate and we build these mega churches and these things to just look and we'll pay for somebody. It's time to do the work of the Lord. God has a project. Go into all the world and preach the gospel of the good news to everybody. Make disciples everywhere. And lo, I'll be with you always, even till the ends of the earth. It's time, folks. Will you answer that call and no longer be? I'm talking about from the youngest to the old. From the youngest to the old, will you get involved in the work of the Lord? Will you be led? Will you be led into the work of the Lord? Will you get together with other people and join in the effort in unity and let people build this path and this half and work together and not tear each other down, but work together so we can build this thing correctly and right and let the power of the Holy Spirit. He left and He gave gifts unto men. We have gifts inside of us. We have everything we need to, to answer this call and then to go out in the power of the Spirit and to work while the work can be done. Amen. Father, we just love you. We thank you, God, for the Word of God. We thank you, God, that Father, somehow when the church began to sleep, at least in America, I know there's a remnant. I know there's a strong church all around the world. I'm not, I'm not naive to that. But God, while the enemy While we slept, in many places, the enemy came in and sowed tares among us. And God, there's breaches in our walls. There's breaches in our marriages. There's such problems. We quit building our our lives on the foundation of the Word of God in our marriages. The enemy came in and destroyed our homes. He destroyed our children. The Word of God didn't take precedence anymore. Netflix did. Family devotions went by the wayside in our homes. The walls are down. It's a wreck. The, 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 the churches, the pastors fell asleep. The walls went down. The enemy came in and all kind of ungodliness took place in our churches. Dear God, God, uh, just just everywhere, God, there's ruin, there, 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 there's, there's problems, there's confusion. But dear God, you promised, Lord, that you have a church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And God, like I said, there is a strong church out there. I'm not bashing the church because there is a real church. There is a church and it is strong. I'm just saying I want to be part of of that and I want this church to be part of that. I want us to be strong. I want the walls up here. I want I want I want I want to be I want to go into the word of God and that book to read me. And if I need changing, I want that word to change me, God. And I want to I want my family to be built out of this book. I want this church to be built out of the foundation of this word. I want my marriage to be built out of the foundation. Whatever this word says, I want to obey it. I want to do it, God. I want to if it says love my wife, and I don't want to love her. I'm going to conform to your word. I'm going to submit to your word, God. I'm going to pray until you cause me to do it. If it says love my enemy, I'm going to do it. If it says submit to authority, I'm going to do it. If it says uh, to 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 uh, care for one another, I'm going to do it, God. What it, if it says worship you and praise you? I'm going to do it, God. I, I'm going to I'm going to build my life on the foundation of truth again, Lord God. Help us here. Help us to be repairers of the breach, God. Help us to build this wall up. 52 days, God. 52 days, God. Lord, you could transform a nation. You could transform our world if the church would wake up, God. You could transform America and turn our cities and turn our our, our schools and turn our homes and turn our businesses around, God, if we all would just decide, I'm not gonna stay here. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna enter into God's project. And I'm, I'm gonna build. I'm gonna build. I'm going to build, God. I'm going to build. And Lord, even though I'm a goldsmith, and even though I'm this or I'm that, I'm going to count it. Whatever you need me to do. If it's to be a taxi cab driver for the Lord, I'll be a taxi cab driver. I'll go pick people up. If it's to knock on doors and tell them about Jesus, I'll do it. If it's to bake food and take it somewhere, I'll do it. If it's to sit up late at night and miss my favorite show and talk to Jeremy and disciple him through the Word, I'll do it. If it's to go to the nursing home and visit Catherine's story, even when I don't do or I'm scared of getting COVID, I'll do it. I'll do it. So, Father, do something in our lives, God. I no longer want to be a spectator. I want to be a builder. I want to be a builder, God, for you. We're going to play a song when this altar's open. Not manipulating you, not telling you what to do. But I hope you'll just open your heart and say, God, I hear this message and I've been sitting back spectating for far too long and I want to be I want to enter I want to enter in to your work I want to enter into your work God